Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Welcome into episode 284 of the Sources Say Podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the growing KSR Podcast Network, presented by our absolute best friends, Justice Dental. Today's show will be an absolute blast because it is Kentucky basketball season, Sean. Pro Day and Big Blue Madness this week. But before we get started, a quick message from our friends at Justice Dental. Sources say is presented by the great team at Justice Dental. Visit one of their two Lexington locations by scheduling an appointment online at justicedental.com or by calling or texting 859-543-0700. Dr. Thompson, Dr. Justice, and their team look forward to seeing you soon. I'm your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio. Very happy to be joined once again by Sean Smith of Go Big Blue Country. Sean, how the heck are you? I'm fantastic, Jack Pilgrim. It is basketball season. It's uh, we, we finally get to put the off-season storylines to the side, and we get to actually talk about something real within this program, and I think that's the most exciting thing about this week. Uh, the other exciting thing about this week is I'm supposed to have a child at some point. I don't know when that's going to be. I couldn't promise that I was going to even be able to be on this show tonight, um, so if I have to like stop, drop and roll and like just abort mission on this show and say, all right, Sean, you got it. Uh, Daniel, you're going to jump on and take over for me. No promises there. I might just have to uh, jump up and leave that, because that would be the most, that would be the most sources that say thing ever, right? Is, is you have to, you know, rush out of there quickly and not because of internet issues or go sit beside a Porta John or, or whatever else kind of crazy that happens within the show. But uh, let's let's hope we can hang on and make it through this hour. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited for you though. I've been waiting on it. I've been waiting on the text or something. 
Well, so last yeah. week the doctor was like, you're ahead of schedule, you know, contraction started and we were like, okay, probably something that's going to be coming in the, in the days. Like you read online everywhere. And I know WebMD is the worst thing. And it's not just WebMD, but all the, all, you know, you read one article and it's like, oh, the, the baby is are actually out already. Like you, you just don't realize it. it you just can never trust what you read online, but the articles were like, oh yeah, it's going to be uh, the next you're down to hours or days, not days to weeks at that point. And it's been exactly a week since then. So if I have to stop what I'm doing right now to uh, go help give birth to my child, it is what it is. I'll have you take over. But until then, we have a lot to get to. It is, as we talked about, Pro Day Week. It is Big Blue Madness Week. We are so excited. Uh, as you said, it's here. Like We get to actually, everything that we saw in Toronto, everything that we've heard behind the scenes, the scuttlebutt of, oh, I'm, I'm hearing this guy looks good. Oh, but what about Reed Shepard? Oh, man, Rob Dillingham's looking good. DJ Wagner, he's got that dog in him. Like All the stuff that we talked about leading up to this point, we actually get to see with our own two eyes. Pro day for my money uh, is more valuable uh, and, you know, long-term impact worthy than, uh, you know, tenfold over what Big Blue Madness brings. You know, Big Blue Madness is a show. We'll talk about that and who could or could not be potentially in attendance there for Big Blue Madness. But pro day is the actual nuts and bolts of, you know, the diehard basketball sickos getting to really enjoy uh, you know, the, the first real look at this Kentucky basketball team is going to be Wednesday night from 6 to 8 p.m. at Rupp Arena. It's going to be uh, one segment of it. So the full 6 to 8 p.m. is going to be on SEC Network Plus. That's going to be a really fun behind the scenes look for fans. It's also going to be on Sports Center with Seth Greenberg. Um, you know, get little cut live cut ins on, on Sports Center, but the real. The real meat and potatoes of it's going to be on SEC Network Plus. Uh, so if you cannot be there in attendance, Sean and I will be there in attendance. But if you can't, make sure you're tuned in to uh, SEC Network Plus to see your first look at the Kentucky Wildcats. Yeah, it's you were talking about the the basketball people, and and that that's the one that I'm excited about. It's Pro Day. I, I get more excited about Pro Day than I do Big Blue Madness because in Big Blue Madness, you get cool intros, you get a dunk contest here and there, but you get a, a scrimmage that really has no substance to it. But tomorrow we'll get to actually see some things. And I know once you get through the measurements and, and all that, you'll get to see some three on three, some five on five, some things that they'll do. And it'll give us something to actually talk about. And then two weeks from Friday, we'll actually have a real basketball to talk about when it comes to, to what these guys look like against an opponent. Like it, it's here, it's in the middle of football season. This is where it starts to overlap. There's a ton of content coming your way, but Kentucky basketball actually gets this thing started here in about three weeks. Champions Classic just around the corner. We get to see this team against the number one team in the country. Jackets coming quickly. And I'm I'm glad because we've done an ex I feel like we've done an excellent job with this offseason with guests and and kind of talking about some storylines. When when it was a lot of downtime, this show didn't miss. Like it, I felt like this show continued to trend upward. But now that we actually have something to discuss. And not just, well, this team can go nine deep. This team could could play eight guys. Like, we actually are going to get to see all those things we've been talking about. And here's the wild part about it. We'll, the, the, some of these things that we've said this summer will hit. Some of them, they won't. And we'll, we'll just have to just, we'll see what happens over the next few weeks. But, man, I'm so excited that basketball is finally here and we actually have something else to talk about. Well, let, let's talk about some of the most recent rumblings of what I've heard behind the scenes of, of what this team's looking like. Um, leading up to this so we can kind of get an immediate turnaround on 
just how crazy what I'm, you know, what I've heard and, and uh, who's looking the part, who may be a step behind, whatever um, we, we can actually see. Okay. So I've heard this guy is looking the part and he's made big strides and we can actually see him with our own two eyes and live five on five. I'm really excited to see just what that five on five looks like. Cause it's my understanding that um, big Z still is not here. I know there are a lot of fans asking about uh, big Z. Is he going to be a part of pro day? Is he going to be a, a part of big blue madness? Um, I would kind of unofficially list him as doubtful for tomorrow at Pro Day. Uh, it's my understanding the staff is just kind of taking this day by day, step by step, um, on pace, on his way. Like it's the, the kind of loose timeline is for this week for him to get here. Um, I just don't think the turn, I think the turnaround is going to be just a, a little bit too quick for Pro Day on Wednesday with Big Blue Madness kind of the toss up doubtful like if this is an an injury report for the nfl or whatever i would list him as questionable or doubtful for wednesday at pro day questionable for friday uh, at, at big blue madness what's the deal with aaron bradshaw and ugan Onyenso? what is the depth going to look like there um will we even have enough bodies to go five on five sean those are going to be the storylines uh it's my understanding that still aaron bradshaw and, and ugan Onyenso have not um returned to practice as of yet but I think Aaron Bradshaw is very, very close. I think Ugo is still a little bit further away, but um, we're getting very close on, I don't know if you saw Seth Greenberg's tweet tonight. He was there at practice today, said we're, uh, the, the team looks really good right now, but we're also 21 feet worth of big men away from really seeing what this team looks like. So um, we're very close, but not quite there. What will five on five look like tomorrow, Sean? Yeah, and and that's the that's the thing that I'm trying to figure out is if if there's no interior presence you know available on this roster other than Trey Mitchell, I, I'm not sure what it will look like. Probably similar to what we saw in Toronto, Jordan Burks doing some stuff uh, as a small ball five. But I think my message here, and it's it's more to myself for the next not just the next two weeks and not tomorrow, but even going into those exhibitions is don't overreact to anything, whether it's good or it's bad. Don't overreact because it, it's so early. You and I, we, and all of us, we have a tendency to get caught up, right? When, when when somebody looks good early, we start talking and start talking, and then maybe they they settle back in there mid-November or something, then they start maybe to, to underperform or something like that. So my, I think my message to myself this year is to don't overreact on any side of it, good or bad. But I think the thing that I'm looking forward to tomorrow is to kind of see some of these guys and how they've developed. I want to see what bodies look like. I mean, you can see pictures and things, but we're going to get to see it with our own two eyes, Ron. And, and we're actually getting to go to pro day, which is something that you know that's different within what Kentucky's been doing on the media side of things the, since pro day became a thing. But I want to see this backcourt. I want to see guys like Rob Dillingham, who we've heard some good stuff out of these early practices with. I, I want to see Trey Mitchell some more at that five spot. Uh, but, but definitely. Don't overreact to the things that we see in the shooting drills. I think we've done that in the past, but I want to focus my attention more on the five-on-five five and, and just how together these guys look because here's the difference, Shaq. We've actually – they've had some gameplay this summer. They've had some practices this summer, but now we've had 10-plus practices, and let's see what they look like with more time under their belt here. But don't overreact to anything, positive or negative. Give it a few weeks. I, I'm, I'm really excited to see just the growth from what we saw in Toronto – and, you know, if these guys – who has made real strides from what we saw? All eyes are on Rob Dillingham for me. He's the guy that I have heard not once but twice in back-to-back -back weeks to, to start 
the, the, the beginning of preseason practices. I've heard he's been awesome. He came back from Toronto and, and, you know, went out of his way to gain weight. We've talked about how he just wasn't comfortable getting to his spots the way that he was in high school. And he said, you know what, I'm going to go out of my way, uh, put it upon myself to add weight. He's had th- added 13 pounds since that Toronto trip. And that was just, you know, late August at, at that point. So, I mean, he's had a whole month since then. It could be even more than that. Uh, I haven't gotten into the specifics of that, but uh, I'm excited to see what his measurements look like with that. If he's, uh, you know, a firm 180 pounds or maybe even more potentially, um, that's going to be something I'm keeping a very close eye on because the reports on Rob Dillingham in the last several weeks have been very, very positive. Uh, just a different dynamic in the backcourt that uh, that gives you something different than Antonio Reeves, DJ Wagner, Reed Shepard, uh, those guys. He's just he, there's there's a, a new a level of flair to his game, and you know he can he can score in ways that nobody else on the team can. And that's something that you got to figure out a way to unlock. And uh, he has been doing that in practice. How is he going to look in a five on five setting uh, in front of 30 NBA teams, front office personnel, scouts, those guys. I'm really looking forward to Rob Dillingham. I've heard really good things about Adu Thero that Adu uh, has just kind of made up for maybe the lack of skill and shooting uh, that we've seen kind of like, okay, well, if he's going to make that next jump, he's got to be able to do X and Y. Where he has made up for that is diving for loose balls, being a, a pest on defense, that strong physical presence, blocking shots, doing those little things that I had somebody tell me, keep a close eye on how scouts respond to Adu Thero because he's physically somebody that will be very intriguing to NBA scouts in attendance. So those are the two names I'm keeping a very close eye on tomorrow. On top of the, the obvious, D- DJ, Justin Edwards, the, the, the name brand freshman, obviously, uh, are are exciting, but those two in particular, Adu Thero and Rob Dillingham, uh, those those are the guys I'm watching closely tomorrow. Yeah, and uh, like, did you hold on? Did, did you see Seth's tweet about 40 minutes ago that Big Z will be on campus Thursday? I did not. Yeah, somebody put it in the chat, so I went and looked. Uh, I think Zach put it in the chat there a moment ago. That I guess that <laughs> Seth asked. So there's. There's that happening in the in the middle of the show. But, no, I think you're right about Rob and, and some of these guys, too. And this is an opportunity here where the spotlight's on them, right? And, and my thing would be I hope that none of these guys put pressure on themselves tomorrow, that this isn't their only opportunity to have eyes on them. They're going to have 34-plus opportunities when the regular season starts and things. But th- this is going to be one where the lights are on them. They're in Rupp Arena. They're on TV. NBA scouts all around the floor it'd be easy for some of these guys to press. And I'm hoping that they look relaxed tomorrow. And I think that that's something that kind of falls with John Calipari. He's do, he does an excellent job with this event every single year. The staff does it, just turning it into practice. The things that they're going to be doing, other than the measurements, will be things that they do in practice every single day. And I think that's going to be the, the transition here to, to get this to be a successful event. You mentioned do. Don't be shocked. I think do could be one of the guys that, that measures out well. On, on some of those things. And I think that that could, could show up in some areas, but I, I'm with you. I, I think his aggressiveness and some of the things that he does, I, I don't know if Kentucky has a guy on its roster that's like him that can do just a number of different things. He, he's not their best player, but he might be one of their most important when it comes to how many areas can he affect the game in? How many stats can he affect the game in? Rebounding, scoring off two feet. The one thing that I want to see him improve on, Jack, is his outside shot. I feel like that that has to be a consistent thing for him this year to be able to get minutes on this roster, but he's going to get some minutes early as these guys that are coming in at that five spot start working their way in. When Kentucky goes small, it'll go a little bit bigger with the Duthier. 
word of advice to those around the basketball program and maybe people setting up for Big Blue Madness have have a legitimate presentation for Z. Like, have him come out from from the ceiling, the the rafters of Rupp Arena, the way John Wall did, and like give him a not just to bring him in last on the stage, not any of that. Bring him in in a way that it's like the fan base is going to pop. Like give him that pop that makes, and we talked about this last week, that makes all of the stuff leading up to this point worth it for him. That would be such a cool moment to relive that kind of John Wall. And it's obviously a completely different player. Timeline's completely different, all that. But just the same level of, so much buildup for one individual kid that has gone through so much. Will he, won't he roller coaster of ups and downs, getting him across the finish line, getting him to big blue madness. If he is here on Thursday, the way Seth Green, and again, I, I was told don't expect him at pro day. We'll see about big blue madness. If he's here Thursday, don't send out a tweet that says he's here. Thumbs up BBN with a picture of him at his locker. Just stay silent. Just, just, Stay dead Almost. silent and let let the roar of Big Blue Big Blue Nation kind of give him that welcome. I almost wish that Seth wouldn't have even put anything out that he's going to be here Thursday, just because I would have loved to have just not known. And, and and hopefully they do a good job of. I mean, he's on if he's on campus, it's going to be hard to hide a seven foot two guy, right? Like it's pretty pretty difficult to do. But don't announce it. I'm with you. Don't put anything out. Don't show him unpacking his bags. Nothing. Have him be the final name that is called out at Madness Friday night. Let that building pop. Let him feel the love. His first time experiencing BBN. How cool would that be? His first, his first experience and his first taste of what Kentucky actually is is going to be Friday night at Madness. Let him feel all the love from this fan base, like you said, to know that the last eight to ten weeks it was it was crazy, but it's it's been worth it and the journey. Tell me a guy that's going to appreciate his time here more than he is, because he he knows what it took to get here. And I think and I, I appreciate that that tweet from Cal, wh- where he said, "You guys don't understand how hard this kid." And like that's what I've been put, saying on this show. This kid worked his ass off to get to this point. The staff worked their asses off to make this happen and let this product, you know, the the fruits of their labor be be finalized and presented to Big Blue. Like. Don't put in all that work and come out with this massive reward and then have it just turn into a random picture tweet of welcome to Lexington, Big Z. So excited to have you here. It's like, no, man, like you guys worked worked really hard to get to this point. Earn it. Like enjoy that pop in in Rupp Arena. There's going to be a lot of pop that night. We'll talk about that in just a second. But it's going to. All the people that are talking about Big Blue Madness being dead and, oh, how are we going to – there are some questions on KS board that I want to get to um, about that. But it's going to be a big night at Rupp Arena. Big Blue Madness, they are, they're serious about making it a uh, the show that it needs to be, kind of getting that oomph, that pizzazz back put into it. That's how you do it. it hyping Big Z up and letting the staff feel that pop, letting Z feel that pop, the rest of the players feel that pop to know that – all right, basketball season's here, done with the offseason stuff, let's go. Like, let's th- That's a real mic drop moment for John Calipari. He doesn't have to manufacture it with a speech. He can just do it by introducing Z in such a way that fans go, 
here we go. It's basketball season. And, and I, maybe I that's think that'd something. Be and maybe that's something, right? Maybe you go through all the roster, you get through the walk-ons, get through the scholarship guys, and then you go through John Calipari. And then it's Big Z. I don't know. Maybe it just builds some it and, and builds some of it, and maybe uh, Cal introduces him in in some way. But no, you're you're right. Pro day tomorrow night is for the players. Friday night is for the program, and it's for recruiting. It's for the fans. It's it's for everyone coming together, saying this is the official kickoff to the Kentucky basketball season. I love how close pro day and madness are. Like I love that they're right on top of one another. It, this this truly, you get two, you get to taste Kentucky basketball twice this week, and then there's media day coming up, SEC media day. You got UK basketball media day. You got exhibitions coming up. Like we've gone a long time without it, and now that it's here, Jack, I know you and I who who do this this side of the beat, you know, for our jobs. I'm excited about it. You're excited about it. These fans are excited about it. You know, these players are excited about it. Like they're they're ready to get out here and kind of showcase some things too. And uh, I'm excited to see what is in store over the next couple of days here in this program. So I would not be shocked if there are some surprise visitors, some surprise, very important guests uh, in John Calipari's very deep Rolodex um, making their way to Lexington. I think that's going to be something that uh, they're going to take pride in. I, 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 that's something that I would keep a very close eye on and not just one, maybe even, maybe even a couple, um, some, some names that I think would make the high profile recruits in attendance, very excited and potentially even their parents. I think that would be, uh, you know, a, a mix of generations, I think would be a, a great way to put it. And I think it's a great idea for uh, John Calipari, assuming no holdups, I'm, I'm assuming, you know, if they're on the schedule, there's not going to be any snags with that. But um, I, I do think that fans should expect guests. I don't want to reveal who those guests are because that's part of the fun. I wanted to be surprised. I wanted to be fun and, you know, build the the, the hype and the, the the suspense for this event. And fans have been complaining about Big Blue Madness for years. I hope that this is the one that people go, ah, there it is. That's what we've been missing. That was the the undercanter. That was the John Wall dance. That was the La Familia with 40 U, U, former UK players on the stage. One of those types of moments. I hope that we get one of those on Friday. And I think that we're, we're trending that direction. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a good night. And uh, I think Kentucky definitely – has some exciting things planned, and and we know that that madness kind of got watered down there for a little bit, right? Like I don't think either one of us would deny that. And it it's one of the most important nights of the year, just because of recruiting and and how it showcases your program and and the cool things that you do. And if Kentucky is going to flex itself and be the coolest program in college basketball, it has to do it every opportunity it gets. And this is one where some planning can go into it, and hopefully it goes the way some things that you're you're kind of dropping hints without saying anything too much, but. Hopefully come Friday night around 11 o'clock midnight, we can all look back and say, wow, Kentucky really hit a home run tonight when it comes to marketing and and PR and the guys on the floor, Big Z getting announced, and give us a lot to talk about next week when we come back in here. A lot of recruits there too. I mean, this is an opportunity. Darren Peterson, uh, the headliner for my money, Darius Acuff is going to be there as well. Caleb Wilson, there are a lot of guys, and even just in the state, Jasper Johnson is going to be there. Travis Perry is going to be there. He told uh, us on radio last week that uh, he's coming up on a decision here in November. Um, 
a lot of guys that are, you know, name brand kids that will value a really important Big Blue Madness experience and one that is very memorable. Like this could be a, an event that moves the needle for Kentucky basketball. And I think that uh, they're they're working diligently behind the scenes to try to make that happen. So that that's that's something I'm really uh, excited for to see what the, the recruit reaction is going to be, uh, especially with so many important visitors here as well. Yeah, it's it's a big night. And like I said, recruiting, this is your opportunity to to just showcase your program and go all out and give them an experience that they won't forget. And it's it's one of these things that I'm hoping madness is being talked about the way some of those all time great moments were. And and you you have you have one that's going to be fun. And Kentucky puts something together, swings for the fences, and just knocks it out of the park because that that would get this fan base even more excited about what's coming here in a few weeks. You know what I'm also excited about? The fact that it is fall weather. The, the temperature has been just so beautiful to walk outside and the sun's shining, but it's also like a brisk, cool fall air. It's to make my bird dog's pants that I've already said that I love playing golfing in and, and just hanging around the house in the nice AC, now I can actually go outside and really enjoy them, and and, and I, I'm thoroughly enjoying that. Bird dogs makes you look good. Their stretch khaki shorts and pants are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as little lemon, lemon, but fit way better than regular shorts and pants that are made of stiff, res, uh, restricting cotton. They fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches, so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. And they use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day. Um, Go to birddogs.com slash KSR or uh, enter promo code KSR for a free Bird Dogs Hydro Flask style water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash KSR or promo code KSR for a Bird Dogs Hydro Flask style water bottle. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you, as I'm not taking mine off. It's see, like, this this isn't even an ad. Like, I'm just talking about clothes that fit fit well and and are very comfortable so man if you're if you're missing out on bird dogs i don't know what to tell you at this point i got i've had several people reach out friends you know people that listen to the show that go hey like i know you sell bird dogs on your show and like it's a a promotional thing but like i would get this even if you didn't tell us to buy this like it's just something that you just got to get an, an experience for yourself. It's it's awesome. I promise you, you will enjoy that. I will also promise that you will absolutely enjoy game time as well. I know you've been stressed about buying tickets, Sean. So many different events and, and things, baseball games, basketball games, football games, just dealing with Kentucky football tickets in general. Uh, sometimes you just need a, a, an ease of use product that you just a, a mindless ticketing experience. You don't want to deal with the the hustle and bustle of things and dealing with dif- different fees and different, uh, la- you know, lack of use things. Like you don't want to deal with all that. That's where game time comes in. You should not have to worry about buying your tickets. Now isn't the time for guesswork with killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat and the best price guarantee. Game time does all of the hard work for you. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event. And even an hour after it starts, it is the place to find last-second deals, find exclusive flash deals, and sponsor deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Sean, I've had several people reach out and say that they're already selling basketball tickets, like the, the high-profile events that Kentucky's in. You can already go on game time and, and get that done. So you can go get it. Like, Kentucky basketball season is here, and now you have actual 
ticketing opportunities for you through game time. I know you're very excited for that. Yeah, Champions Classic is actually on there. I was looking the other day just to, to see, you know, what what all the options are. So if you've never been to the United Center and you're wanting to go watch Kentucky and Kansas, you can literally get on the app and view, get the view from your seat and get an idea of where you want to sit that night. So, yeah, uh, there's tickets on there. I think you can even get Big Blue Madness tickets if you if you don't have them. I'm, I'm pretty sure they're on there as well. So Game Time is the only app to use. Uh, someone that that actually went to the Georgia game over the weekend, they used the Game Time app to get into Sanford Stadium as well on a last-minute ticket to get in there. So it, it's so easy. I wish the, their experience was better. I'm glad that the ticketing experience was so good for them. Because like the actual game experience certainly was not getting barked at and watching Kentucky get absolutely curb stomped. That was not very fun. But nonetheless, make sure you go to game time. Uh, get the game time guaranteed means you will always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code KSR for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem code KSR for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We have several questions to hit, but none more important than our KS board question of the week. Sources say edition. Uh, let's go on and bring our special guest in, Daniel Reeves. Daniel, what's going on, buddy? What's up? How are you guys doing? Good, man. I appreciate you coming on and uh, lo- looking forward to a uh, continued run of awesome questions, man. We, we've, we've really enjoyed doing this and uh, having fans come on and ask questions. So uh, you, you're next up. What you got for us? Cool. So um, <clears throat> kind of the more the discussion question, um, a video came out the other day of DeMar DeRozan throwing a football. He like threw it like 40 yards on a rope. Uh, it was it was pretty athletic, pretty, pretty cool to watch. But um, so what former... UK basketball player would make the best quarterback. Um, and that's not exactly to say like that IQ would, would mean a lot. Like I, I know everybody's going to say like point guard as a safe answer, but um, what do you guys think? Hmm. I, I have a pretty strong one, Sean. Do you have one to, to throw in there? And and no Willie Colleystein. You cannot yeah, include Willie Colleystein. No, no, you are, He's the one receiver. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but I'm just saying we've we've heard over the years Willie Cauley Stein is the, the the football player. He's off limits, Sean. Do you have a, a go-to guy? So I'm going, you and I, let's see here. When when I saw that this was the question, I'm gonna go James Young. Lefty, smooth release. I can Ooh, see it now about six okay. five, six, six. I I I can picture him in the pocket, making some plays. And, like, he was never – he was always calm, cool, and collected. Like, he was never a guy that was rushed or, you know, felt pressured. Like, he was always a guy that just – he was who he was. And I feel like that's really valuable, especially what we're seeing right now in the football field. Having a guy that is relaxed and, and calm in the pocket, like, I definitely think that uh, – interesting answer. That was definitely not a path that I was going down. Uh, I'm going with none other than Case and Wallace, and I'm going to cheat with this one because I know Case and Wallace played football in high school, and I know he was really, really good at it at the quarterback position, but he was also an absolute dog at safety. So I'm taking the two-way threat in Case and Wallace 
because I have seen film. I actually wrote an article about it on KSR. I've seen the film. His dad sent me film of, of him in high school and in you know late middle school before he took that jump to six four six five. He was an absolute dog on defense, especially make. I mean, just absolute hard hitter. That like you know big physical safety presence. Uh, so I'm. I know Kaysen can play quarterback and he's athletic and he can scramble. You know, he's kind of like that Lamar Jackson type, but he was also an absolute dog on defense. So the, I, I, I'm very confident in my answer that Kaysen Wallace would be absolutely him uh, at the quarterback position. Who are you going with, Daniel? Um, so I'm, I'm sticking with the point guard role, but I'm going like our most physical point guard or, or like the just physically imposing, which was uh, Andrew Harrison. I think he, he's got the size to kind of like not get crushed in the pocket. He's got the IQ um, and just got the athleticism, physicality. Uh, I think he's kind of got all the all the all the stuff sticking with with the point guard from Texas, just like Kaysen. So. Mm, I like that one. I, I think Eric Bledsoe would have been an absolute mm. freak of a of a football player, uh, and Dominic Hawkins was a freak of a of a football player too. So that was kind of a sneaky one, but he was definitely more defense and offense. But the, the quarterback position is where that question gets really interesting. But uh, mm. I, I like Casey a lot. I, I wish wish we had more you know more sneaky answers, but I, I feel like Andrew Harrison is is a, a really sneaky one. So I, and James James Young definitely. Definitely imagine one one imagine one. going Julius Randle and just snapping for that guy and just letting him go short yardage, just <laughs> downhill runner with a That's, body like that. Like if Cam Newton dominated the way he did in college, could you imagine even in, in the pros, could you imagine <laughs> you know that that equivalent for an actual ju- freak for athletic freak in like a Julius Randle? I mean Oh, that, that's crazy. I, I know you had a, a, a second part to your question. You want to you want to hit that? Yeah. So um, I just the the 2024, you know, class, we're just we're not hearing much. And kind of I think they talked on the radio show uh, the other day about how man, just with how the class has gone so far, they're wondering if maybe maybe Cal is just kind of thinking, OK, this is, this is going to be the end. Uh, what do you all kind of think his plan is? Is it? Is he banking on some returners? Uh, is he is he thinking the transfer market's going to be going to be pretty big, or are we just not hearing about some of these um, big recruits that that he might get? Because I thought this year's model was was pretty good, but it just seems like he's not even uh, you know other than like Quaintance and and others. It's just it feels weird. Yeah, that's a great question, Daniel. I. I think we're going to start seeing some real movement here in the next several weeks, especially, I mean, I said on last week's show, Cal really likes to orchestrate high profile events with high profile decisions. And you keep the, keep, you know, recruiting momentum at the forefront alongside, you know, champions classic. We saw last year with uh, DJ Wagner making his commitment around then, um, he likes putting those two things together. And I, I've continued to hear that he's going to be pushing for commitments here very, very shortly. Uh, I think Kentucky's in a really good spot for Jaden Quaintance. I think he's the type of guy that you kind of anchor a class with and, and build everything else around him because his potential in my, for, for my money is higher than anybody else in the class by far. Uh, and if you could put him next to a Darren Peterson, who it will be on campus this weekend. Kentucky's making a strong push for him, and uh, he's going to be very likely reclassing to 2024. Having those two guys as your superstar headliners, two top five recruits in the nation, then you can start getting get you know getting creative. Billy Richmond, if Boogie Flan wants to come, it's neck and neck with Indiana there. 
that's where you start building complementary pieces around them, kind of like what we saw with this class. You get the headliner, you get Justin Edwards, you get DJ Wagner, and then you kind of pick, okay, Aaron Bradshaw was at the top of their priority list, but there are other centers that they are going after. They got to pick kind of who fit best with the the main core group that they got. Um, Rob Dillingham fit that mold. Reed Shepard fit that mold. So I think it's going to be kind of a similar setup. It's been slower, but I think uh, all that patience is going to pay off here very shortly with with some decisions sooner rather than later. So uh, it, it'll it'll come around, and I think it's going to be well worth the wait. I got to ask Daniel, is that, that, that's a, is that a Williamsburg logo there? It is. It is. Uh, I, li- I live here in Williamsburg. Uh, my, my wife is a teacher. Uh, second grade teacher here at Williamsburg. So, so go yellow jackets, except they're orange. Yeah. I, I thought that was, uh, I thought that was Williamsburg. So six Oh six for sure. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, Dan- Daniel, this has been a blast, man. Thank you so much for coming on and, and asking a great question. And we'll, we'll keep this KSR uh, question of the week uh, roll, rolling week after week. If you want to keep coming back on this show, keep asking awesome questions, man. We'd love to have you. I appreciate it. Have a good night guys. Thank you. Great stuff, man. Let's turn it into one of my favorite segments because the, the questions are always really, really good and creative. Like it's one thing to just go on there and ask, you know, what's the latest with Jaden Quaintance? What's the latest with Boogie Flame? But I, I like the the really creative ones that make us think a little bit and kind of think outside the box. It's it's uh, a, a lot of fun to get questions like that, Sean. Oh, it, it absolutely is. And it, it, it makes us really think about it. And we, we cross sports and, and everything else and have to dig deep into our uh, our knowledge of former Kentucky basketball players. Uh, from that question to me growing to be how, how tall was it, 6'7", and, and having to guard somebody a few weeks ago. Like, no, that's that's a fun segment. I really enjoy it. And uh, it gives a chance to our, for our listeners to get on here and get involved as well. Joe, uh, Joe brought up Oscar Sheboy as a possibility in, in our comments about at quarterback. Could you imagine trying to tackle Oscar Sheboy and what that would even – I don't even know what poor soul would have to – like seeing the way he dominated on the basketball floor, like I couldn't imagine seeing that physicality actually put forth in a full contact sport in that way, like especially at the quarterback position where you have to take down a 6'9", 255-pound absolute freak of nature so i got a question for you before we get into some questions in the comments and i've seen it popping up a couple of times here kansas this week any vacated wins you think coming down the pike here how about that yeah is is kentucky gonna be the all-time leader in wins again pretty soon like there we go richard that's what brought my attention to it a second ago but what do you think? Like, or is it going to be just another one of those? Oh, here it is, but nothing be done. Like, what will it's, it? It's not going it, to be this one's different, right? When it comes this to this one's different because they've never had a you know five level one violation situation like this. Like, this is this is something that the NCAA again. I don't trust them with. I I don't trust them as far as I can throw them. I mean, the NCAA is is pathetic. They're a joke and. I don't think that they will actually, when push comes to shove, punish a program of Kansas caliber. They, you know, there's that saying that as Kansas gets off the hook, you know, Cleveland State's women's tennis program gets put on probation because that's how the NCAA op- operates. It's going to be the same thing. Uh, I'd like to think that they get some wins vacated. I'd like to think that 
probation would come or a postseason ban or something, but I don't trust the NCAA to do that. I, I think they're weak and uh, spineless, and I, I think it's going to result in another slap on the wrist, and everybody's going to go, "Wow, that was a really waste of every a, a huge waste of everybody's time," and continue to enable the bad behavior schools and coaches throughout college basketball. Because if you have five level one violations and a, a number of level twos and different things, why, like, if you know that a punishment is not going to come, why would you not cheat? Like, why would you not go above and beyond to pay kids and, you know, run a pay for play ring in college basketball? Like, why would you, why, if the NCAA is going to set this tone for the, 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 the worst offense they've ever seen on paper with the level one violations, if this, if that's the max you're going to absolutely get, then why not go a little bit under that and know that the bar has been set. It's it, it, the NCAA is spineless and they're not going to do anything. So it's sad that we're going to stay behind uh, in the win total for now, but um, I don't trust them. And, and, you know, that question there from our guy, Thier, I, I don't, Jack, I don't know where Kentucky's going to be picked when it comes to like the official SEC predictions and, and where they stack up. But I think what's happened in the last few years is is the league overall. It, it's one, it's recruiting at a rate better than it ever has. And two, Kentucky's not really been dominating the league regular season or the league tournament title either. Like it's been what 2018 was the last SEC tournament title. That Kentucky won, and then the regular season they they won there by, by what three games in nineteen twenty before COVID canceled the postseason. Other than that, since I've been on the beat, Kentucky's not won any SEC championships, and I think that that's why you're seeing maybe some media and some pr- predictions putting them lower at times. I think it. We've talked a ton over the last month or so, and I, I've said the five year window, how it changes the way you view things, how you view coaches, how you view program success and that's usually the window in college sports now that coaches either get fired or they take off and go another direction not say anything negative about Cal but that's the viewpoint that you get so I don't think Kentucky is going to be sixth when it comes to the league I think that they're going to get a little bit more respect than that but this is a league top to bottom and ESPN put out the predictions and way too early rankings their 15th in that poll but 10 games versus teams ranked inside the top 25 and then Florida just outside with two and Auburn just outside with another one. So it's going to be a challenging league this year, but I I do think that Kentucky basketball needs to get back to winning the league regular season tournament title, just something it's been a bit. And I think they're going to take some early, you know, early lumps because they're young and they're going to have to learn how to play together with three seven footers as uh, Seth Seth Greenberg put it 21 feet worth of front court help coming very very soon. I think it's 21 feet and three inches to be exact uh, with Bradshaw, uh, Big Z, and and Ugo. But uh, it's going to take a minute to see how those guys are included, and uh, you, you know because you don't want to leave them behind either because they're going to be important down the road. I know what worked in Toronto really worked. And it might be in Cal's best interest from a win-loss standpoint to, you know, kind of stick with that style of play and just say, you know what, we're going small and 
will fit them in when we can down the road. But I also think it's probably worth it to get guys like Aaron Bradshaw and Big Z going, especially early, uh, just to figure out what you what you have with them. Let them take some early lumps and figure things out so you can lean on them when maybe shots aren't falling down the road, when you, you know turnover issues are there. You, you need a guaranteed presence down low. You can throw lobs to Big Z or, you know, let Aaron Bradshaw do some dirty work down low or let Ugo block shots and be kind of a an anchoring presence down low as well. Like, I think you're going to need them at some point, probably best to just kind of work through some of those rotation uh, issues and just kind of get things figured out early, even if it means taking a couple early lumps, if it means the long term success is there. Yeah, and and this, I, I still think that 15 is probably where they're going to be at in that preseason AP poll. Somewhere 13 to 18 is where I think they're going to be. I don't expect them to be any higher than that. I don't expect them to be lower. If they're lower, I don't like. I don't honestly like Jack. I'm I'm okay. The lower they go, I'm okay with it because it doesn't matter. Like none of it matters, right? When it comes to preseason rankings and where they are and how people view them from the outside looking in. All that matters is what do they what do they do within this program? And they've been preseason number 1, they've been preseason number 8, often more often than not they're in the top 10. This is different territory for this program. I don't expect them to be anywhere near that top 10 when the rankings come out. I do expect them to be somewhere mid-teens or possibly maybe even somewhere around 20. Where do you think realistically that they're going to be? And then when it comes to SEC predictions, I think they'll get some votes to win the league. I think Tennessee is going to be the, the one that's probably going to be the runaway favorite to win it in the in the media voting. Texas A&M, I'd expect them to get a couple of votes as well. But this could be a year where you see Kentucky slide third or fourth in preseason predictions. And that's okay. Like, if you ask John Calipari, I think he loves it. Yeah. I I, I prefer it. Like, I, I enjoy seeing Tennessee at eight on ESPN's rankings and – ESPN saying Ugo's going to start at the center position. And uh, I, it feels like the national publicity for this team is as weak as it's been in a really long time, considering the talent on this roster and considering the big names, like even the, uh, a, a casual national fan. So you know, somebody that probably doesn't dig into the nuts and bolts of every single team, but knows the the makeup of most teams and know who's who's good, who's bad, who's who's this, who's that. Like I feel like even the most casual viewer in college, you know, casual college basketball watcher would know that, you know, they all the individual pieces are there. That's never been the question. It's about how they mesh with one another. We saw it immediately in Toronto. So you'd think, okay, put two and two together. Yeah, there's some outside pieces in Aaron Bradshaw that we haven't seen, Big Z that we haven't seen, haven't seen what what Ugo looks like since he broke his foot before Toronto. Uh, maybe take some early lumps, but all the individual pieces are there. You'd think that there would be more publicity and hype about it, but it kind of feels quiet. And I think that's a very comfortable position for position for John Calipari. He likes this so he can have that I told you so moment at the end of the day. Yeah, that that's the that's the thing here is We've gone on and on this offseason about how this backcourt's being undervalued, and I think that that's probably the biggest talking point going in. And you you mentioned there, there this program doesn't need any outside pressure to be added to it. The the pressure that it puts on itself as a program and the tradition, the, the rich tradition is what adds pressure, and that's what you want. Pressure is a privilege. Not every program in college basketball has pressure today. Kentucky has pressure regardless of where the media puts them. If the media puts them dead last in the preseason rankings of the SEC, 
The pressure does not change within those walls at the Joe Craft Center. A Final Four is expected, a national championship level roster. You don't, it doesn't matter. And that's where I think you're right. I think John Calipari is sitting there going, All right, I'm going to get my haha moment here when this team is one of the top three teams in the league and a top three or four seed in the NCAA tournament and one of the hot teams going into March. So that's what everybody hopes happens. This team will take some losses with that schedule. It wouldn't shock me if this be if this is a five or six loss team, maybe even seven loss team when it comes down to it, just given the schedule. But this backcourt, and I'm going to stand by it, and I'm going to stand by it all the way through, even if it looks rough at times. When it comes down to it, this backcourt's going to carry Kentucky to where it wants to go. Now, where does that end? I don't know, but I guarantee you they're going to have a shot at going somewhere, somewhere big as long as this backcourt stays healthy and they make shots. And I think that they got the guys to do it. You want Kentucky to be hot in March. Uh, you, you want that the Kentucky team to be hot in March. I think the hot team in October right now is Andy Ludicky and MyPerfectFranchise.net. Andy is a franchise consultant as well as franchise owner and helps people find franchises that fit their skill sets, financial requirements, time to commit, and more. His services are 100% free, and he is here to help. If you have any questions about business ownership, you can learn more and contact Andy anytime at www.MyPerfectFranchise.net. Uh, let's get out of here. Uh, no, not get out of here, but let's hit the home stretch of the show with some fan questions that we have. We got a ton of really good ones. It was tough to pick that question of, of the week because there were so many good ones. So uh, we'll, we'll definitely uh, r- run through these rapid fire. Uh, the ghost of Pete Gillen, we've had him on the show. I'm, I'm, I feel like he, the questions have been good, really, really, you know, pretty consistently every single week. I feel like he's going to be our first returning guest because they're always so so good. He says, best combine measurement athlete to play for Kentucky basketball. And what are the whispers around Darren Peterson as he comes to Big Blue Madness? Uh, I think Kentucky's in a really good spot. And I, I think uh, Trey Johnson today announced that he is down to Baylor in Texas. We've talked about how Kentucky really hasn't been in the mix there for a while. Pretty much since KT Turner left the roster, it's kind of been Texas – Baylor with maybe the G League flirting there on the outside looking in, but really the home state programs have been at the forefront there. Kentucky really, uh, they, they liked him, but I, I think with the different guys they have out there, Darren Peterson is an option as a reclass guy, VJ Hedgecomb, guys that they're going after now, he just you know kind of fell back in the, the priority list. I think Darren Peterson steps in as their their top guy, especially knowing now that a reclass of 24 is definitely looking, um, if not likely, if not possible, likely at this point. Uh, and I think Kentucky is among the list of his favorite uh, schools, and he has to be here for two years if he does that. Uh, we You could have one of those deals where it's kind of like a one-year rental. He comes in and then goes G League a year afterward or something, but uh, – you like having guys that you know have two years before they can be in the NBA. Jaden Quaintance is one, and uh, Darren Peterson is another. If you can get both of them, that would be that, that'd be something else. So I like that uh, a lot. I, I think Kentucky Kentucky's trending in the right direction with Darren Peterson. Uh, but you have to answer that other one: best combine measurement athlete to play for Kentucky basketball. Is that on this roster? Any? Ah, uh, help me out here. I think I think Hamadou Diallo is probably there. Jacob, I mean Jacob Toppin probably had some good numbers too. Toppin probably. See that I've I don't get caught up in the measurement numbers too much when it comes to I mean it's cool to look at right like verticals and things like that but 
I've not got a I've not got caught up in that part of the combine very much or, or in pro day. I, I we talked about this earlier. I, I'm focusing on the three on three, the five on five in in those areas tomorrow. But Hamia absolutely is up there when it comes to his vertical and athleticism. Damian Collins. Damian Collins is up there. Another guy that I think would have performed well. You probably don't want me to say his name. Shaden Sharp, I think, would have been up there. And I know I, I'm going to get hammered for that one. I'm I, just bring it on. Like, but there there have been a lot of guys that have come through. Uh, I don't remember what Bam's numbers were, but for his position, his his were pretty. Remember that the talk was wasn't it Dante Allen's like what what was it with him? That stood wings out? wingspan no, hand size. Yeah, hand, hand size and, and hand size, right? Yeah, uh, Rajon Rondo's hands were massive. By the way, I remember that yeah. being that was the Willie Colley Stein played football. Thing every time Kentucky played, it was Rajon Rondo's hands. Uh, but there have been a lot of them that have measured well. But measuring well doesn't always lead to doing well on the floor. And that's the stuff. Yeah, the NBA takes all that into account. We know the NFL takes those things into it when they when they draft. But I'm telling you, what the scouts are looking at the most tomorrow is how those guys compete in a competitive environment when it's three on three, five on five. I don't care how high you can jump. I care about how well you play the game and some of those things that you do on the basketball floor. And that's what I'm looking for tomorrow night. Pay attention to those segments, not get caught up in, in the drills and, and those things. Get Pay attention to the between Trey Mitchell, Jacob Toppin. There, there's a reason why you're hearing so much buzz about Trey Mitchell this offseason. Put it that way. Like, I, I think they, they know the – pot of gold they found at the end of that rainbow with, 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 I mean, given all the circumstances, the fit at that four spot that they had the last two years in Keon Brooks and Jacob Toppin, that there were moments, but it was never that God, we can lean on that guy to give you exactly what you want as a stretch four, stretch big type, type of guy. That's, that's where there's a lot of excitement right now about just the feel and the understanding of the game, basketball IQ, those things. Um, uh, there's a reason that there's so much positive buzz coming from Trey Mitchell and it's skill versus pure athlete. And and, and I'm going to, I'm going to keep going to this. This isn't Kentucky basketball's most talented roster. It's not when it comes to how these guys are going to be in the NBA. I, I don't see like generational talents just all over this roster. But what I see is I see pieces that fit very well together that play well together in their skill sets and you have a smile on your face and I don't know if I want to know why or what. Did you, did you see Alan Baldwin's comment? Oh, God. I don't want to know Winion's measurements. Well, he's seven foot now, according to uh, according to Woj. I think it was Woj that put that out, if I'm not mistaken. But no, I don't, I don't want to know. Y'all ain't right. Y'all ain't right. Yeah, I don't want to know. Right. I don't want to know Wendy's measurements either. Like that's a <laughs> source of say after dark. <laughs> oh, good lord! Oh, all right. Um, let's combine these two: Connor Rigg and Jacob Polachek. Shout out Jacob Polachek. Um, how much of Kentucky's 2024 uh, class do you expect will be locked down by the early signing period? Uh, I think they're going to get a couple guys. I think they're going to get a couple commitments. I still feel good about Indiana for Boogie Flan. He's going to commit by the early signing period. I'm just not feeling great. It's still neck and neck. They're trading haymakers, as we said uh, on the show last week. But uh, I, I, I feel pretty solid about having one anchoring guy, and I feel pretty good about Jaden Quaintance potentially being that guy. Uh, and 
say Billy Richmond, uh, you know, kind of the kind of like what Reed Shepard was to the last class, where it's like, man, there's way too many connections there. It makes way too much sense for a guy um, like Reed Shepard to be a wildcat for obvious reasons. And I think Billy Richmond is the same way. Sean, did you see that story with Billy Richmond's dad that came out today? I didn't see that. Dude, Billy Richmond's dad, who Billy Richmond Jr. played at Memphis under John Calipari, um, he is a business owner down in Memphis. Blood put, pours his blood, sweat, and tears into the Memphis community in that area in the school. He said in a uh, in a in, on I guess some Facebook posts that got put put out there publicly that he uh, has been donating regularly to the Memphis basketball program and you know, trying to contribute to his, the, his former school. Uh, but he said that kind of, but not really confirmed that Billy will not be playing at Memphis, who's the hometown school, which is pretty big news. Uh, he said, so they just lost Curtis Givens, another four, you know, high-level four-star recruit. Uh, they just lost him. Um, kind of there's a moment that Penny Hardaway thought that he had him locked up. Uh, and the way he worded it was kind of like, well, actually, I think I have the quote here let me read it right now he said i'm just gonna say this just because penny does not get curtis givens or billy richmond does not mean he's lost his mojo you guys are funny and have no clue i love the tigers as a former player in memphis until i die but this fan base is delusional that and he's talking about the nil and and uh why the nil situation isn't great in memphis he said the truth hurts sometimes i've given money to the school did nil deals uh so it's hard seeing uh, hearing and seeing the complaining about things the common fan has zero clue about but chirping have you guys donated toward nil to put to better position uh with these top recruits have you donated anything outside of your opinions i will wait we can't compete with the big boys until people like yourself with with a lip instead of hand to pocket change your behavior uh too much talk no money no it's going to memphis no no i don't i don't I don't think he's going to end up at Memphis at all. No, I missed that today. Uh, no, that's. Uh, I think you can you can pencil that one or draw a line through that that option. Like LSU has felt good about uh, about uh, Billy. He's taken a couple more visits. I think Kansas and Alabama are, are next up on the list. But there's just way too much pointing to Kentucky here. Like it, it just would make way too much. It, it would make zero sense for a guy like Billy Richmond to go anywhere else and. You know, having Aaron Bradshaw here, having DJ Wagner here, having Kareem Watkins, having your, you know, his dad playing for John Calipari, the trust factor there. Like, it would be an absolute upset of the century if Billy Richmond did not end up at Kentucky. So I, I feel good that they're going to push and get that done during the early signing period. And, and just watch out for a guy like Jaden Quaints because Cal loves to swing for the fences and get one at least one guy to kind of anchor a class to get things rolling and people who people want to play with. And Jaden's one of those, those guys. So uh, I'd put two and two together there. And, and uh, I, I, that's kind of where I'm leaning for the start of the class, but finish of the class. Like I said earlier, I think it's, you know, people you build around with that. I think they like to get Darren Peterson. That might take a little bit longer. Um, he might reclass up early and then decide later on where he's going to go to school uh, as he takes more visits and all that. But uh, Things are going to start ramping up. Just just be patient and let the process play out. It'll be uh, all good in, in that regard. Uh, Wildcat's Tongue says, uh, if you were the creative director behind Big Blue Madness, what is one change you would make to the event, Sean? And that's a really good question because here we are <laughs> talking about how it needs to, to pop more and things. What would I make? 
I don't know, because obviously I, I think for the longest time I was like, well, it's not competitive enough in the scrimmage, but you don't want to run the risk of getting an injury out there. But I, I've almost – I guess my thing, I've always said, like you, you have the blue-white game and you got you got madness. Like I kind of would almost like those two things to be combined, if that makes yeah. sense. And you just put them together all in one night. Do the intros part of madness, but then play the blue-white game as the part that's entertaining to do with madness, but it'd be tough to do because you got a time constraint with TV with the women's side and then the men's side. So maybe you shorten it, but I, I would like to see it be a little bit more competitive with the up and down because that is the, the fans first look at what these guys look like, but I get it. They're just going to be a dunk contest, right? <laughs> a glorified dunk contest. So I think I'd like to find ways to get more competitive when it comes. Maybe you run some, some practice drills. And actually do it something like that. Just something to what, add some competitiveness competitiveness. What to do it. you think about like a king of the court? Like a Yes, that's know, a great a, idea. A one on one tournament, a a three on three winner stays on type deal, something like that, where you're getting the competitive juices flowing where it's not just a full court layup line, but it's also less strenuous, less, you know, less impact, I think. You you can you can get real competitive one-on-one sessions going and three-on-three half court where there's not a lot of, you know, I I feel like if it's more structured like that, you get better bang for your buck, I think, for, for from a competitive standpoint. I like the king of the court idea because I think that you would definitely get some some guys going at it, get both ends going and then and things. And I think that would be a, a fun way to, to do some things for sure. But – I'm looking to see how it pops when it comes to who who's there as guest and the presentation. The we we know that they there've been years where they've spent a lot of money on intros when they they put the projector and stuff on the court. I mean, you remember the amount of, of dollars that they spent on that one year where they projected the cool intro video onto the floor? Wasn't it like a, a million bucks just to even to even <laughs> just do that alone? So spend it, baby. We're the blue, we're, we're the gold center college basketball. Spend it. Yeah. We yeah, got it. it. We got it. Yep. Absolutely. I'm uh I'm excited to see what they roll out with this week. But and who they roll out there this week. Yeah. And uh <laughs> yeah, let's 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 get something. Let's get something big or or little. So we'll uh we'll see what they do with it. Biggest UK fan says uh gut feeling on Travis Perry. Uh, he was on campus last week on Tuesday um, to, to soak up practice. He's going to be there for Big Blue Madness. Uh, he has just always been a guy that kind of goes to the beat of his own drum, that doesn't just fall in love with the I'm a Kentucky boy. I'm going to go represent my home state at the University of Kentucky. And, you know, he, he's just never been that guy. I think if he feels the fit makes sense for him at Kentucky and he sees a spot for early playing time at Kentucky. That's a fit for him. But I just, I think there's a list of four schools that he's kind of weighing right now uh, pretty heavily to, to, you know, see what, what he likes the most out of each school. Like say WKU, it's right next to home. He's going to play. 35 minutes from day one, he's going to take as many shots as he wants. And he's going to be an absolute superhero on that campus. Like he's going to be the guy that everybody falls in love with. And, and, you know, he's going to make a ton of NIL money that, uh, that makes sense for him. Going to Kentucky makes a lot of sense for him because look at what Reed Shepard is doing with NIL branding. 
making an early statement and proving that he deserves to be on the floor. Travis Perry is a very confident kid. You know, he might look at it and say, if Reek can do it, I can. He told me that on radio just this past week. If Reek can do it, then then why the heck can't I? So that makes Kentucky interesting. Cincinnati, it's kind of that, you know, he's going to the AAC, bigger, earlier role where he's going to get a lot of shots, but, you know, kind of a dimmer spotlight potentially. That makes sense. And then Ole Miss, you're playing SEC basketball, relationship building, trust there with Chris Beard. That makes a lot of sense. And the style of play really fits what Travis Perry is good at from that run and gun, high tempo, get shots up, kind of maximize his scoring potential uh, there. Ole Miss makes a lot of sense too. So I, I, I'm, I, I don't envy his decision, but at the same time, like he can't go wrong with where he, where he decides to go. I know there's a lot of interest in what, what Travis Perry is doing because he's the hometown kid and, you know, everybody loves that he's the all-time leading scorer in Kentucky. He has a really tough decision to make, Sean. Um, I don't think it's going to be Kentucky as of right now. You know, maybe things change after Big Blue Madness or whatever, but um, he's he's got a tough decision coming up. Yeah, he absolutely does. And uh, you and I saw Travis, what, about a month or so ago? And, uh, you know, I talked yeah. to him. Or not. That's the first time that I actually ever talked to him. Great kid, you know, great young man who has a, a lot of really good offers on the table and Kentucky being one of them, but he's, he's, he has a decision to make. And uh, I know you put that out earlier in the weekend that probably look at what a November decision there. So it, it's coming down the pike here and it's one that, you know, Kentucky certainly in play, but as you mentioned, some of those other programs as well. So I think it all boils down to what he wants for his future and, and how he can play. I think there's a place for him in this program for sure. Like I, I think that he, he's a competitor. And I think he would find a way and, and find a fit at Kentucky if that ends up being the choice. So I do think it's cool that you're seeing Kentucky get more involved with in-state talent. And I'm a guy that is now coaching in-state talent. So I think it's really cool to see Kentucky going in, in the state. I've, I've talked to college basketball coaches all over the country last week, visited multiple Division One practices. And the conversation from when I was at Notre Dame to Moorhead State to wherever I was – is the, the talent level in the state of Kentucky is getting better in basketball, top to bottom, all over the state, not just in, in Lexington, not just in Louisville, but in different parts of the state. You got a kid right now from the 13th region playing at UK in Reed Shepherd. Like the talent level in the state is getting better, and I think that the high school basketball is getting better as well. So uh, Travis is a part of that. Yeah, there's somebody asked um... – Charles Washburn says anything on the kid from Springfield, Kentucky. Yeah, Gabe Weiss, he will be on campus as well for Big Blue Madness 2026 kid for my money. Uh, currently a top 100 kid. The rankings don't reflect that quite yet, but uh, I could really see him finishing out as a top 50-ish kid. Um, I, he took a visit to Kentucky this past week, was there at, at practice. I was told that uh, John Calipari told him that he wanted to coach him. And uh, there's a lot of potential there. He's he's a 6'7", 180, 185-pound wing who is an athlete. Like, you'd think small-town Springfield, Kentucky kid. Like, you'd think that athletes don't grow on trees there. And he is definitely one. Like, he jumps out the gym, really works well. The footwork is really improving out of the high post. And Really comfort in that mid-range game, and you know, with with turnaround turnaround jumpers, floaters. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of stuff there. There's a lot of uh, to work with there. The physical tools are there, uh, and if he can 
develop a consistent jump shot, I think he can end up being a five-star at, at the end of the day. There's a lot of promise there, and he grew up a diehard Kentucky fan. And if uh, John Calipari ends up offering him, that's a name to keep a very, very, very close eye on. Gabe Weiss, he will be there uh, on Friday as well. You got to see him at that uh, that that workout with, with Oscar and uh, Jasper and all those guys. Yeah, I did, and uh, probably we'll get to see quite a bit of him <laughs> over the next couple of years and things. When there's when there's players that talented and stuff, I, I'm sure that we'll be in some showcases and events over the next couple of years. I'll get to see him probably <laughs> putting together scouting reports or try to hold on to, for dear life with with some of these guys that that you're mentioning there. So I'm excited to get to see some of this in in state talent. But he is one. He his body, the way he looks, the the frame. He has all the tools and, and makings to, to be a very, very, very talented player from the state. And like you said, right there, five, five star level status possibly coming his way. And uh, be interesting to see his recruitment. That was actually one, a name that was brought up at some of my rounds that I made throughout the country over the, the last week or so was asking me about him and how familiar I am with his game. And then that just happened to be right at the time Iowa extended an offer and some other schools extended offers. And I had a program actually ask me, does Kentucky get involved? And sure enough, Jack, I was standing right there and you put something out about it. So uh, some of that timing that we talk about. But yeah, like I said, this state is getting recognized more. And you see D1 coaches coming in and evaluating talent, I think, at a, at a, at a higher rate than they have in the past. And that's a good sign. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go rapid fire here to wrap up the show and get – out of here, RP223 says, any chance Cal could swing for both uh, Jasper Johnson and Darren Peterson for the 2024 class? Uh, Darren, definitely. Jasper is going to be interesting. I'm told that uh, a return to Link Academy for another year is unlikely because not because you know he, things are going really well uh, for him out there. It's a great opportunity for him. I'm so happy that he's out there, but uh, I think post-grad rules will limit him from making a return there. So his decision, his his options will be reclass up back to his original class of 2024 or return to Woodford County for another post-grad year, which like at that point, what good is that doing for you long-term physically? Like he could do it and it, it, the, the connections there with dad and I wouldn't blame him for doing that. But like, I think if he's going to be at a place like Kentucky, the strength and conditioning program that you're going to have with Brady Welsh and the people around, you know, playing against five stars and, you know, dudes of high school recruiting, you know, why not do that instead of try for another year of high school? If there's, you know, you're graduated, he's graduating in the spring. There's really no reason for him to do that. So I, I think he's battling internally about, you know, am I physically there yet? He's thin. There's, he's got to add weight. And I think that's going to be a big, big part for him this year at link. Uh, but if he's physically there and he impresses on a national schedule, like people expect him to do at length, I, I just don't think there's a reason for him to stick around uh, unnecessarily uh, in high school for another year. So we'll see what happens there. But I do think Kentucky could make a, a push for both of those guys in 2024 for sure. Uh, Zach Bingman talks about year two, Dillingham, me uh, being consistent with that. Not necessarily. I, I just think that's kind of a hope, you know, of, of all the guys, I think DJ's a guarantee. I think, uh, Justin's a guarantee. Antonio's gone. You just go down the list. He's just one of those guys who's potentially a 50-50 guy. Um, so I'm not expecting it, but I, I you know, just think it's something that you secretly hope for. Hope that he's good enough to contribute to a national title contender right now, but maybe not 
excellent to be a lottery pick or something where the intrigue he's a high profile kid the personality social media following he's going to be able to make a ton of money with nil maybe he sees uh, rather than going second round this year or something mid middle of second round returning for another year uh in, in you know a weaker draft class and potentially doing that i think it makes a lot of sense for him but we'll see we'll see what happens there um if you watch uh, the movie hustle with adam sandler anthony edwards says he went to kentucky uh he it went to Kentucky in the movie. Do you think he regrets not going to UK? Uh, I don't think he cares because he's making, you know, he's a max level contract guy and number one pick. I think he's doing just fine for himself. He's always been the, I don't really care. I'm going to go do my thing and make a bunch, make, make a bunch of money and put up 25 points a game. So I don't necessarily see that happening. No, I, I don't think that, that Anthony Davis or Anthony Davis, Anthony Edwards really cares because like you said, it worked out for him. It doesn't always work out, but it worked out for him. And and most of those guys that are talented like that, it, it will work out for. But would have been fun to see him in a Kentucky jersey and stuff. But uh, Kentucky got both wins against him that year, and now he's uh, doing it in the NBA. And he's a very good player. He's doing just fine. Uh, Zach ben Bingman continues. Uh, we got to get him on, man. He asked like six six straight questions. We got to uh, you know reward him for for being as diligent and following as closely as he is. Um, Initially, it seemed like Chin and Cal butted heads. They did. Uh, how is their relationship? Cal was always telling him to sit down. It's actually very good. Chin has really emerged as a um, vocal presence, a, a, a guy in that locker room and in that uh, on that coaching staff that I think people are starting to really, really trust his decisions. And um, he's been a really prominent shaker and mover on, on this roster, maybe not getting the credit for one-on-one -on -one recruiting wins, uh, but kind of putting things in place and making things happen. And uh, I think Cal sees a lot of value in that. And, you know, I've heard really good things, especially as of late, that there's just been a lot of trust there. It was obviously a rough, rocky start getting to that point, but uh, trust matters with Cal more than anything. Cal is the most loyal person I've ever met in my in entire existence. Once you're in, you're all the way in. And I think, Chin kind of had to, you know, because O was Cal's guy and O recommended Chin as kind of his, you know, hey, trust me, this guy is a future star in this business. Just hire him. I promise you. And he was highly recommended from from important people in the basketball world. So Cal trusted that decision early, you know, kind of rocky foundation, but uh, they've really kind of come around on each other. And I think there's a really strong relationship. Uh, I think there was a chance that he was going to take that Missouri job uh, as an assistant joining um, Dennis Gates staff. I think that was something that was deep in the works and he decided to come back and stay at Kentucky. Uh, so yeah, things, things have really trended in a positive direction with Chin. And I think it's no coincidence that, you know, the kind of momentum around the program right now is, is trending in that direction because of it. So um, yeah, that, that's yeah. some good stuff there. Chin's, um, a vocal, Chin's a vocal guy on the bench too. Like other than Cal, it's probably Chin's voice that you hear the most, which probably led early to some of that back and forth that you would see. Because as you said, I don't think Cal trusted every single thing that was being said. But when you get a couple years in this program, I think that now Cal is kind of, like you said, build trust. And uh, he, he certainly likes where things are with Chin. Yeah, absolutely. Last thing uh, from us. 
Uh, actually, two. I, I blue, be blue, bleed blue always. Goodness gracious. How do you feel about the matchup with Kansas? We haven't won a lot of top 25 matchups these past three, four years. We need a big one to make a statement. You, I'll uh, let you answer that one, Sean. I think it's like you'll have a chance. It's early. That will be the first big game that this group has played uh, when it comes to talent, obviously. Like, Global Jam wasn't the level of talent that what Kentucky is going to see at Champions Classic versus Kansas. But the one thing I'll say about Kansas, they're talented. I'm interested to see, you know, how Kentucky does some things defensively. But Hunter Dickinson is a matchup that Kentucky has matched up with in the past. So they have some some you know past experience in that matchup and with some things that they did. What will Kentucky's front court look like as far as availability, as I think is another thing that I want to wait and see until it gets closer. But the one thing I'll say here, Kentucky's backcourt, that could be one of those early moments in the season, like you know, Tyrese Maxey had his moment in Madison Square Garden. I could see one of those freshman guards going off, having a big night. Kansas, to me, is going to be a team that struggles to shoot the ball consistently from three. If they have a night like that early in the year, I wouldn't be shocked if Kentucky has a chance to pull off what would be an upset because Kansas is going to be number one team. But it's certainly a game that Kentucky can win. I think so. I really, really think so early. And I, I lean on that backcourt. Antonio Reeves wouldn't shock me if he goes for 22, 23, 24, opening night of the, the big opening night of the college basketball season. Got two veterans on the floor, him and Trey Mitchell. Last one to get out of here. One, two, two, three, four, 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 eight, three, eight, two, nine. Dude, you got to put a name in there, man. We can't be just going. Uh, I like your commitment to the numbers, though. You read every single one of them off. Well, in in case one, two, two, three, five, four, eight, eight, two, nine. You know, in case they, they. Three, oh, nine. In case they put a question, and I didn't, I didn't want them to to get mixed up with their ten ten digit letters. Just t- change your name, man. Just just come come up with a clever username, and uh, it'll make make my life a whole lot easier. But the question's fantastic. Which uh, player were you most surprised about being a one and done? Shay, Tyler Hero, both being four stars, no real high uh, accolades in high school. And which player were you most shocked that didn't live up to the hype? EJ, Keon, Devin Askew, uh, Khalil Whitney, Scalabissier, and uh, BJ Boston. Shay, for me, the most surprised because he was the least talked about guy out of that class. And Quade Green actually started over him for about a month. That That surprised me. The other one would have to be Scal. From the things that we heard about Scal going into that season, that one had to be the probably the most surprise to me that just maybe just didn't live up to the hype. And honestly, when you look back at that season, probably the reason why it ended again against Indiana, not putting it all on one kid, but not having a front court that could match its backcourt certainly derailed what that team could have been because that team's backcourt was built to win a national title. I had people who were there at practice and have since been, you know, have since told me years after the fact that said he was cooking, cooking Anthony Davis in five on five pickup back in the day when, when the players came back, you know, former players came back, played pickup ball. I don't know if there was a lockout back then. I don't think there was. I think the lockout wasn't the lockout 2013. Was it 2015? I'm trying to remember. I don't. 
I don't think there was one that late, was there? Or I don't was think it? so. Because wasn't it when Le- Le- was it when LeBron was still in Miami when that lockout was? I'm trying to remember which season. There was a shortened season yeah, there. Yeah, he was. I'm to okay. I mean, KD was still with the Thunder. I mean, I remember KD yeah. was yeah. one of the prominent guys, and, and he left. And I don't, I don't remember off the top of my head, but regardless, last year I believe, or fifteen. Regardless, Anthony Davis was there, and like people that were there <laughs> in in the gym said, "Dude, Scal was cooking AD like jab step." Turnaround, fadeaway, mid-range jump shot, two dribble pull up, then pump fake, drive in and tomahawk dunk. Like he was doing things that people went, oh, we're winning it all. Like we might go undefeated. Like this team, and that was right after uh, the the undefeated 38 and one year. So their expectations were already ridiculously high. And then they were like, dude, we lost one game last year. We ain't winning. Like we're going to go. Uh, whatever the math is, I don't even know if off the top of my head what's that. Set seventy, yeah, seventy-eight and no, right? Set, so seventy-eight they, so and one. So they won thirty-eight. So it'll be yeah, it'd be seventy-eight and one. If they went. God, I'm yeah. losing my mind. But <laughs> people thought inside that program, they're not losing a game because they knew Tyler Eulis was that guy. They knew Jamal Murray was going to be that guy. If Scal could have been that guy deuces unfortunately that's just not how it unfolded and there are no guarantees in sports none indiana happened yep no guarantees in sports frustrating uh and then the so he was the one that well i'd say bj boston because you know i i didn't get to see scow with my own two eyes in high school bj boston was a guy that i saw in 2025 live events in high school aau um MBPA top 100 camp, um, you know, every different all-star event, high school grassroots. I saw him in, in every single setting and he was as consistent as it gets. And, and and he was a guy that I thought there was no shot that he would be a bust that he, that, that his, his, his fail rate was just insignificant, like no chance that he was going to fail. And he did. And it was it, that that was one that really, but there were so many factors that went into that year and it was just a disaster. So, you know, that, that one was what it was. But I'd say the the one that surprised me about being a one and done the most. Um, I don't know. That one's a little tougher. Probably one of those decisions like Khalil Whitney. I mean, one of those just in, in a bad way, surprised about being a one and done because that guy had no business being even remotely close to that level. And he, his, thought he timing, his timing leaving the program was very frustrating too. Right before Kentucky went to, to Texas tech that year in late January, that was just such a, such a bizarre thing. Probably one of the most bizarre moments in my time covering the beat here was knowing that he left the program literally late January. That was a really weird situation. Yeah, that was hated for him too. Yeah, and I feel bad for him because he had bad influences in his ear, in his ear, telling him, giving him bad advice. Ultimately, it wasn't even his choice to walk out the door. Pretty much had no choice from everything that I gathered at that time. Yeah, it it wasn't on on Kentucky's end either. So, no, I feel feel bad for him, and you know he's living in the G League right now. I hope you know wish him the best, but. 
Uh, unfortunate it is what it is. All right, Sean, let's go ahead and get out of here. We're, you know, hour, 20 minutes into this thing. We, we, it was a blast. I always enjoyed doing that. It's basketball week. We got a lot of content coming. Pro day on Wednesday. Big Blue Madness on Friday. Plenty of news. And then from there, I'm going to have a child at some point. I don't know when the hell that's going to happen. It could be tonight. Thank God we got through this show without the water breaking. So, uh, we'll we'll see what happens there. Maybe I'm here next Tuesday. Maybe I'm not. We'll see what happens. I think next Tuesday is actually the due date. So probably not if I had to guess. But uh, we'll, we'll we'll let you know. We will have shows no matter what. If it's not me, it'll be somebody else. We'll get to the bottom of it. We might have guests. We'll we'll uh, we'll, we'll get it all figured out. But appreciate all of uh, our fans' patience with with getting us through this and basketball season here we're very excited for it and i know you guys are as well sean smith where can fans find your work you can follow me on twitter or x whatever you call it at gbb country find me on twitter at jack pilgrim ksr reach out to me via email jpilgrim at kentuckysportsradio.com with that we'll be back next time for the jam-packed sources say podcast we will see you then Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads Money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-420-47 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.